Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the hamstrung Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? It's funny you should mention hamstrings. I, you know, I've... Is it? I, I've been battling uh, hamstring tendonitis now for several months. And, Ooh. Uh, turns out when you get old... You know, things just start happening like that. Uh, what mm-hmm. I've also found is that uh, the reason that I'm having hamstring tendonitis is because I've got a weak butt. So, you know, gotta gotta Are str- you s- gotta strengthen the glute muscles, Ben, in order to not be hamstrung. I see. I see. So what you're saying is the San Francisco Giants need to tighten up their sphincters. Yes, that's maybe. I you know I. Maybe they need to like strengthen their obliques because it seems like that's a problem. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, you know, Michael Conforto had to go to the hospital because of his hamstring injury. Did he really? I don't I don't know. I saw a headline. I don't know. Uh, Yaz. Yaz is hamstring is allegedly all healed now. Um, he He was in Sacramento. Um, but, uh, I saw on Instagram, he, he did a, he did an interview with Amy G. Yeah. Um, but, but apparently his hamstring is all better now. And then he got hit by a pitch on his rehab assignment and took himself out of the game. So hopefully everything's okay. Ah, nice, nice. Well, as, as a person who, who has totally, utterly destroyed his hamstring, uh, doing an athletic, uh, event, uh, twice, twice, twice. I did yeah. that because I did because I took too long. Well, so I tore it so bad that that these days they would have cut, they would have performed surgery on it, right? Yeah, because that's the thing they do now. They do hamstring surgeries, but they didn't do that because I'm so old. They didn't do that in the '90s, right? That was not a thing they did. But I, but I believe if I had had that injury later in life, I would have qualified for the surgery. You know, if I was important enough as an athlete. Um. And you know what, Matthew? I was important as an athlete because you know what I... you were important to Santa Cruz High, and uh, I don't know about Columbia, but you know you were. I would have been. Yeah. But you know what, Matthew? We were both. You know what we both were? What's that? We were both D one athletes. That's true. And you know what? Kids these days they go around talking like that's like making it to the pro sports, being a D one athlete. I mean, I see it on the socials. You know, they're all like, "Oh, I'm D one good," and I'm like, "I was D one good." Yeah. Yeah. Like nobody, nobody's, nobody's pinning a medal on my back. Nobody's giving me a thousand <laughs> likes. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that's about. Like whatever. D1 good. Um, but anyway, yes. Back to the hamstrings. So you're saying that the secret is, is that you gotta, you gotta get your glutes tightened up. You do. Gotta get that, that, uh, that butt tightened up, mm-hmm. man. Cause, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. what drives those hamstrings? You don't rely so much on right. the hamstrings when you got a strong butt. So you've got a you've got a you've got a flabby butt. Um, Michael Conforto's got a flabby butt. Nobody, and nobody's got a flabby. flabby. Butt. You know, just weak. Okay. <laughs> weak, a little right. weak. I'm not flabby. because well, I, I think I'd the rather flab be I have is me. not on my butt. Okay, <laughs> I'm 100 uh, percent dad bod. I got it right in the gut, man. 
Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. cocktail I yeah. drink just goes right there. Yeah, yeah. You know what dad bod means, Matthew? What's that? Fat. That's what, that's what that means. Yeah, I know. I'm, trying, <laughs> uh, I'm starting to get yeah. Instagram ads where it talks about how uh, running to lose weight. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when the algorithms figure me out, Ben. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I'm drinking to lose weight. That's the way to do it. Yeah, that is the way to do it. Hey, I got a question for you. Oh, okay. Matthew? Yeah. We can only have one all-star from the Giant Cocktails team. Because apparently, that's the limit. Teams only get one all-star. Teams that we follow, anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Teams that we follow. Bay Area teams. So, Matthew, is it me or is it you? Which one of us is the all-star? Oh, (laughs) it's funny that I can't. I can't. It's me. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wait, I'm not getting any pushback on that? Well, you know, I, I look, look, I think highly of myself. I'm a D1 athlete. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> everybody knows that. Then. Yeah, everybody knows that now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I looked at the analytics. I've been crunching the numbers. And, uh, you know, um, I have a lot of plate appearances, um, but my numbers really aren't any better than yours. And so, you know, statistically speaking, I'm not as good. And when I'm out of the country, the team wins. And when I come back, they start losing. And so I think I think it's pretty clear, Matthew, that. Um, yeah, I'm the sta- that straw that stirs the drink. I, I get it. Yeah. You're the Camilo Duvall. I'm the Tyler Rogers. <laughs> OK. That okay. You, yeah, you could yeah. be an all star alternate. You know, I mean, you could be that's waiting. Right. That's right. That's right. I'm good enough to be there if somebody else gets hurt. You know, like has a hamstring injury. That's because right. They, because they got a flabby butt. <laughs> anyway, today is Sunday, July 2nd, as we record this podcast. The San Francisco Giants went two and four this week, dropping one out of, uh, dropping two out of three in Toronto, Canada, or as we say in California, California, Toronto. The only T we pronounce, apparently. And then they went to New York to play the Mets in a game that, like, well, because, like, every, I don't know if you know this, Matthew, but every San Francisco Giant was once a Met. <laughs> yeah, there seems to be quite a few. Yeah. And there were, there was a couple that, you know, there was a, there was a, there was a, there's Leon, right? Dominic Leon. Dominic Leon. There was a, a Leon sighting. Yeah. Yeah. He almost gave the game up today. If he had lost today, Matthew, your superlative would have been the Leonly. Matthew Henry. <laughs> I'm really sad that didn't happen. Me too. But anyway, yeah, they went one out of two, one out of three in in New York, which I always hate. I hate losing in New York. It's 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 especially worse because the Mets are kind of chumps this year, and um and and losing to them just because it feels like the Mets and the Giants have been really sort of since the off season began. Like the Mets and Giants were could have been in different like could have traded places with each other, right? Like right. you could measure each of these teams against each other because they're kind of coming from the same starting point. A lot of money to spend pursuing a lot of the free agents. They both they both tried to sign Carlos Correa. They both rejected him. Um, they both look smart doing that. <laughs> um, 
you know, and uh, but they were also, you know, but then the Mets made all the big signings. They did spend all the money. And, uh, you know, and then there's a lot of ex-Mets on the, you know, ex-Mets rejects on the Giants. And it just felt like, God, I really want to beat these guys. And then the Mets stink this year. They're like, you know, eight games under 500. And uh, then the offense disappeared, you know. And our starters, like one of the one of the strengths of the team, you know. Uh, and so it's just kind of like, you know, it just all petered out. And, and suddenly 2023 is reminding us that the theme for the season has already been set and there's nothing that we can do to stop it. What's the theme? The, Sanf- the theme is, are they good or are they not? The theme is like, win a little, lose a little. Win a lot, lose a lot. You know, it's like, we don't know. I, I I really believed Matthew. I thought, oh, pessimistic Ben was an idiot. We're turning the corner. They finally brought up all the kids. We're going to charge into the playoffs. Like, we're going we're gonna to beat the Diamondbacks by 15 games. I don't know. I was like, suddenly I was like, I was you. You know, I was super optimistic. I was like 91 wins. And now here we are. Here we are, you know fighting for a playoff spot yeah anyway yeah. well first of all i mean you're still an idiot so you know, don't <laughs> well, that's good don't that's don't good go like beating yourself up about that okay uh you know and playing on the road is hard ben right and uh they had they had some uh you know even coming back like you know they're leaving sunday night to come back to san francisco and they're playing you know a that's game. a bs yeah that that's is some bs like, like oh let's let the west coast team go all the way back but new york the Mets are going to Arizona, and they have an off day tomorrow. So, well, uh, that's good though, because we want the Mets to play well there. We do, but it's just—it's interesting how they get the off day and the Giants do not. Uh, so agreed. So it's you know, I, I'm not gonna—I'm not ready to sound the alarm quite yet. I mean, they were—they were in these games. Um, offense is struggling, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about why. Uh, yep. certainly our pitching is a little unsettled and we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Yeah. Uh, and then, but you know, one of the bright spots, Ben, you know, maybe it's time for who's hot and who's not. Uh, I'm not sure we can actually clarify, qualify anyone as being hot, uh, mm. because I don't think anyone's batting over 300 this week. Um, yeah. uh, but you know, Patrick Bailey had his moments. Yeah. Well, you know, I just came back from Iceland, Matthew, and having spent two weeks in Iceland, my definition of hot has changed. Oh, okay. Well, that's true. So so, so anything that's mildly warm <laughs> actually feels hot to me now. Uh, so I would argue that Patrick Bailey is hot. Okay. He's still hot. Still hot. And hey, Rule 5 draftee, Blake Sable, your favorite player, he hit a home run today. Like he was, he he was like a two-run homer. Like he was leading the charge. Like we're gonna get back in this game. Yeah. And uh, you know, and uh, and Lamont Wade Jr. You know, he's he's still getting the walks. You know, he's he's still getting on base. All right, I guess yeah. Your definition of hot is definitely different than mine. Uh, being a walk machine, while important, isn't something that I'm like, woohoo! Let's go see Lamont mm. walk. Uh, but. <laughs> But, you know, I, I do, you know, Bailey not only had uh, a really a pretty good week offensively, but was also, 
uh, instrumental, especially on Friday. I mean, he single-handedly won that game. He had the three-run home run to go ahead, and then also threw out uh, Starling Marte right. you know, um, at second base uh, in the ninth. And you know, so those are the types of plays where, yeah, he's hot. You know, he maybe he's not hitting over three hundred, but he's definitely been the guy uh, this last week. So, all right, That's you changed right. my mind. You know, and and all I'll right. never and gonna... I'll never miss the opportunity to say Rule Five Drafty Blake Sable is awesome. So he's hot. Right. He's hot too. Right. Okay, and we're going to talk about Patrick Moore later in the show because we we feel like he's he's segment worthy. That's right. right. That's right. Right. Um. Uh. Okay. So who's cold, Matthew? Everybody else. Uh, everybody? Everybody. I mean, maybe J.D. Davis, okay, he's been all right. He's been okay. Although he struggled against the Mets a little bit. I'm sure he, he got a big hit when it counted, but I feel like I feel like overall he was pressing. He really wanted to, to do well. Uh, yep. And, uh, you know, but you look at, you know, the batting averages for the last week. Uh, let me read them to you. Mm. For people who do played it. in the last seven days, zero, zero, 100, 100, 118, 133, 143, 167, 211, 231, 250. That is everybody except Patrick Bailey and J.D. Davis. Those are their batting averages for the week. That's Well, you know, Matthew, in this new world of sabermetrics, uh, you know, batting average is an overrated statistic. Sure. It, uh, you know... I, you want to do OPS? Um, Let's do that. Zero, zero, 582, 500... <laughs> 236, 483, 286, 389, 513, 643, 500. That's everybody but J.D. Davis and Patrick Bailey. Well, Matthew, if I don't know what OPS is, that really doesn't sound bad at all. <laughs> but if you do know what OPS is, it's yeah, awful. pretty crappy. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, those yeah, are two I mean, numbers added together, Ben. Okay, on base plus slugging. And when you're mm-hmm. only hitting, when your OPS is 236, my apologies to Luis Matos, then yeah, that's not great. Yeah, and slugging is already an inflated number to begin with. Um, yeah, so a bad week offensively. I, I, I think really the easiest thing to look at is, is how many runs they scored um, overall. And I believe, how many runs did they score today? They scored four. four. So what's 11 plus four? 13. I think they've scored 13 games. 11 13 plus runs four is their, 15. 15. Sorry. They've scored 15 runs in their last six games, um, which, which is not enough to win. Right. I mean, they're lucky. They're lucky with that output that they won two games. Yeah, that's two and, uh, and a half so, runs per game, dude. That's not, not great. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's why they had a bad, that's why they had a bad road trip. Right. That's it. That's why they had a bad road trip, and um, but you know what, Matthew? Oh, well, there there goes that. That's the expert analysis you all came to listen to, listeners. Cheers, everybody. Good night. <laughs> they don't listen to us for the expert analysis. <laughs> <laughs> they listen to us because we get drink and we we get drink. I'm already drink. <laughs> you, you've been drinking. You're already you're already drink. <laughs> They listen to us because we get drunk and say stupid things. Oh, all right. Well, then continue. I'm sorry. All right. Well, you know what? One of the favorite, one of my favorite things to say stupid things about is your trivia question. It's time for some trivia. All right. Well, today's trivia question uh, would probably be more revel- relevant uh, if we had this podcast earlier in the week. But uh, the Giants had their 10-game road, road win streak snapped in Toronto. They, their streak ended at 10 games. 
What is the all-time road win streak in Giants history? Uh, 81. They won 81 games in a row on the road in, in 2021. 2021. Yes. That's right. That's right. How did you know? Oh, you're predictable. All right. Uh, okay. Well, that's my answer. What, you want me to agree? Like, here's the reason I give the stupid answer. Because sometimes I accidentally guess the right answer. That's true. And then but I it's feel like, bad. Yeah. All right. All right. That's fair. And it's fun. It's fun. All right. So we'll see how wrong Ben is at the mm-hmm. end of this episode. Enough with the banter. Let's talk cocktails. <laughs> Bob, how happy are you I'm back from Iceland, Bob? Are you psyched? Are you psyched? That would be a no. <laughs> hey, Bob, I'm really sorry I called you fictional. <laughs> I don't get paid uh-huh. enough for this. Uh, yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Uh, say something different. Say something weird. Say, uh, I'm Bob and I'm better than Ben. It's hard work being average. <laughs> well, I think I think Bob just dissed you, Ben. <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't I don't really understand that one, Bob. But I'm gonna. I think hmm, he just called okay. you average. I think is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I, well, uh, I'm not really trying that hard. So, but whatever, Bob. All right, fine. D- 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 all right, like hit me, hit me with the question. What are you drinking, Ben? Uh, well, thank you for asking, I guess. Uh, screw you. Um, Bob, this week I'm drinking the monkey gland. Uh, I talked about the monkey gland in last Thursday's episode where I said I was still in Iceland, but I wasn't. Um, the monkey gland uh, has an interesting name. If you want to hear more about that interesting name, go back to last Thursday's episode and listen to it. In the meantime, I will tell you what's in it. It has two ounces of gin. One ounce of fresh squeezed orange juice. One to ten drops of absinthe. Folks, you do you. If you like absinthe, maybe just one drop. If, I'm sorry, if you like absinthe, maybe ten drops. If you don't, maybe one drop or whatever in between. And then one to one and a half teaspoons of grenadine. Or three quarters of an ounce. The... You do you. Exactly. <laughs> as as I did. In, yes, yes. Uh, combine all of the ingredients into a shaker with ice, shake until chilled, double strain, then double strain into a Nick and Nora glass. And that is how you make a monkey gland. And that's what I'm drinking, Bob. Hit me, Bob. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, I am drinking a cocktail called the Frisco Sour. And before you get all upset that uh, you know, I'm using the word Frisco because I know native San Franciscans don't like to refer to the city as Frisco, I didn't name the cocktail, all right? But it is a nod to uh, our favorite city. And what's in a Frisco sour? It's got one and two-third ounces of bourbon, a half ounce of Benedictine D.O.M. liqueur, a half ounce of fresh lemon juice, quarter ounce of fresh lime juice, a quarter ounce of rich simple syrup, which is a two to one sugar to water ratio, two dashes of Angostura bitters, one dash of orange bitters, and a half ounce of egg white or aquafaba. You put all those ingredients into a shaker without ice and you dry shake it uh, vigorously and then you add some ice and you shake it until well chilled and strain it into an ice-filled rocks glass. And there you have it, the Frisco Sour, 
very refreshing, and uh, what I'm enjoying today. So that's what I'm drinking, Bob. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. It really is, Bob. It is. All right, Matthew. I guess on that note, we should start the baseball portion of the show. Start. I see what you did there. Yeah, that can't all be good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, and not all of our starters are good. Not all of our starters are good. Oh, man. man. You know, today's Sunday was record. um, Our starter today, actually, was quite good, Ross Stripling, Mm -hmm. uh, who was, I don't know what you call this, an opener, but he pitched two innings. So it wasn't like the traditional opener that we've been seeing with like Brebbia and Walker. Uh, but he pitched two uh, scoreless innings and then gave yeah. way to Alex Wood, who promptly started walking, couldn't find the strike zone, couldn't locate his changeup, and yeah. uh, gave up you know four runs rather quickly. Yep. Uh, um, that's yeah. not good, Ben. Not good. No, it's not good. You know, and, and the first thing I want to do here is I want to talk about Ross Stripling a little bit because... Um, you know, I've been a big supporter of this guy, and <laughs> and I have really been in his corner all year. Um, you know how I feel about ex-Dodgers, Matthew, when they come to the oh, Giants. Oh, yeah, I think they're it's, your it's, favorite. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's really brave. I think it's a really brave thing to do. And and, uh, and so I just really want to call out how... Um, what a good what a good outing he had, because, you know, I mean, he hadn't been very successful this season. and uh, And it was nice to see him come out pitch effectively right they he, he came off the il and then didn't make an appearance for a very long period of time uh and and suddenly here he is and he had two really strong innings and he looked really good and so i, I do want to commend him for that and uh, nobody believed in you more than i did Ross. <laughs> well I, I think what's interesting about stripling is that on his rehab assignment you know they actually had him start uh in an a ball santa's against uh for the san jose giants in stockton i, I believe it was and he struck out 10 Stockton batters in a row. Okay. Uh, and uh, to the point where I think he was getting booed by, like, you know, the fans because it was, like, not fun to watch <laughs> their guys just keep striking out. Right, right. And, it was like, get this guy out of here so we can, <laughs> we can, yeah. I mean, that's very, that's very affirming, right? I like, think so. I think it's, obviously it's a ball. So it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a far cry from the majors, but you know, you got to like the fact that he was locating his pitches. And, uh, uh, and the one thing that I heard was that during his injury, they had done a lot of research and kind of figured out that, uh, he needed to change his approach with a slider. And it seems like, you know, I love it when you hear pitchers who have kind of feel like they figured something out because inevitably, or usually, you see uh, some good results out of that. And we saw that today to the point where, Ben, like, why did they take him out? Like, I feel like, you know, it wasn't like it was a pitch count thing. People were wondering if he was injured. I don't think he was injured. I think that was their plan. They had that in their spreadsheet and uh, that Ross Stripling was going to pitch two innings and that Kai. Alex Wood would come in in the third. And that's what they did. Kai. Ross Stripling has just pitched very well for two innings. What what do we do now? <laughs> well, my my data spreadsheet says that we bring yes. in Alex Wood. Uh, hold on, let me let me type it into the calculator. Farhan and I have figured it out. It is time to bring in Alex Wood. Even though Ross Stripling is pitching very well, our data says, and the plan that we already previously agreed to says that we must bring in Alex Wood. 
also, Alex will be mad if we don't. Well, right. And I think that last part is probably just as important as anything else. I think, you know, Alex Wood has gone on record that he does not like to when he's doing this kind of game he would rather start the game and unfortunately you know he can't get through the third time in the lineup uh so they've decided that they're going to you know pair him with someone like stripling or whatever and hopefully get more out of him especially if he's facing the lower part of the order to start off uh the game and so yeah, I, I don't know, but I feel like Alex Wood kind of maybe dictated that a little bit. Like, you know, if you don't, if you keep, you tell him he's going to come in the third and then you're like, oh, wait a minute, Stripling's pitching well, we're going to let him continue. I think Alex Wood would have a fit. And, uh, you know, and they're all about, you know, clubhouse chemistry and keeping guys happy. And so uh, I feel like, you know, Wood dictated that a little bit today. And I could be wrong, but that's just how I feel. I mean, who knows what happened? I, I mean, I this whole thing. I know, like, Ben. Okay, forget that I don't know. I know. Alex Woods right. a douchebag. <laughs> wow. Former Dodger. Always once a oh, Dodger, always that's, a Dodger. That's true. That's what happened here is we had two pit Dodgers pitching back to back and they sabotaged the game. Because they're both former Dodgers. They can this is a conspiracy, is what it is. Um, you know what, Matthew? I'm just gonna come out right and say I, I don't understand this whole like have one pitcher the whole opener thing. Like I don't get it. Like the so the starting pitcher, he's not as good as the reliever, so he can't face the hitters who are as good. But, but, but he can pitch longer, so he pitch. But then he faces the good guys in the next in the third inning. Like I don't understand the logic of this. Like why why do we have to have an opener when? Is it just to get Wood or these these secondary pitchers like they have an easier start to the game instead of coming into the game facing facing the toughest guys in the lineup? They're they're facing the four, five, and six hitters. Who yeah, I think so. Play. I think there's something to that. I think that there's, uh, you know, generally relievers are used to coming in and facing a team's best you know pitchers in That's crucial fair. situations, and so uh, what's hitters, the difference yeah. of them coming in in the first inning versus the seventh? You know, and then at the same time, it does give would an opportunity to face the the lower part of the of the lineup uh, at the beginning and then if he continues to pitch well then he's going to see that lower part of the lineup more than the top of the lineup and so it's just an opportunity to maybe get another inning out of him that maybe you wouldn't if you had him start off the game you know right. and and generally you know the first inning is the highest scoring inning for a reason it's because your best players are usually up during that time so i think the giants just feel like there's a little bit of an advantage to bring somebody in i think the other thing that they, that also helps is sometimes they will bring they'll start a right-hander for an inning or two and then they will bring in the left-hander uh, behind them and so it forces the other team to all of a sudden either either start off a game they have to guess who's coming in sometimes or they don't know exactly how to set their lineup because they're not sure when uh the next pitcher is going to come in and we saw that a few weeks ago i think in like it was it I can't remember Cincinnati or I can't remember where it was, but uh, where a guy didn't even get in at bat because he started against the opener was a righty. And then and then they went to a lefty after him and that guy got pinch hit for before he even got in at bat. And so those are the kind of situations that you put another team into to force them to, make, you know, to right. kind of make okay. decisions. So I think there are advantages. There are definitely advantages to it. It's not conventional. And I think a lot of people like convention. Uh, but I think when done well, it, it's effective and I really don't see the, un, you know, it's not a bullpen game. It's an opener and there's a difference between those two. 
that sometimes people don't really distinguish. You know, an opener is a guy that just pitches one inning, and then you bring in a multi-inning guy like you know we've seen Tristan Beck and you know and uh, Keaton Wynn and all these right. guys that come in and pitch four or five. Manaya pitched three or four, maybe even five innings. Uh, and so, what's the difference between a guy starting a game and pitching five innings, and then having somebody come in after him and pitching one, and then reversing the role and having one guy pitch one and then another guy coming in and pitching four or five? You're not really taxing the bullpen any differently you're just you know aligning them differently and so uh, but people aren't used to that and they're getting you know I think they're kind of misreading what that is a true bullpen game is when you've got relievers pitching every one or two innings right and then you're going through maybe four or five different guys but the Giants actually I think lead the league in fewest amount of pitchers used per nine innings and it's because they have these guys that can go longer and they use them as such and so yeah it's a little weird to watch and I think people are kind of you know strangely you know feeling like that's not it's it's probably the part of the problem when I think you can argue that it's actually been one of the reasons why they've been playing so well. Right. So the plan today was to have Stripling pitch two innings, uh, evidently. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and I guess I guess if that was the plan, right, like we're going to have Stripling pitch two innings, you're probably assuming he's going to give up a, a runner or two. Right. You're not you're I mean, he might be perfect, but but you're probably assuming he's not going to be perfect. So he's probably going to face like seven or eight batters ideally right or less yeah yep. maybe somewhere between obviously a minimum of six um and then so at that way alex and he's uh he's uh stripling is a is a right-hander right and then uh, yep. and then and then wood is a lefty so you then flip that over so you get one time through the lineup maybe and then you have wood come in he's facing probably the bottom of the lineup right yep. to start his outing yep and then you have him facing the lineup one time through the lineup, and and now you've switched sides, right? So so that really prevents the, the Mets from building a lineup against a particular starter and then letting him get multiple looks, right? Because um, you really don't know what the Giants are going to do, right? You, you might have read in the press or heard from somebody that they're going to bring Wood in, but you really don't know. So you got to be prepared for stripling, and that's how you prepare your lineup. And then that forces them to have a lineup that's maybe not ideal and is a little bit easier for Alex Wood to get through. And so that's sort of the thinking. And then if between the two of them, Stripling goes two and Wood goes four or five, now you've pitched six innings. Or sorry, you've pitched, uh, yeah, you've pitched six innings or seven innings. And you go to, you go to depending on what the score is at that particular time, you you go to your appropriate relievers, you know, based on, on, on the score at that point. And that's kind of the thinking, right? Yeah. Um, but it seems to me like we're throwing a, and I get how that's different than a bullpen game, which is right. Like your typical bullpen game is where everybody throws two innings and then it kind of like inherently it's going to tax the bullpen, right? Because you're going to have six pitchers in the game. Right. And, and, and now your bullpen, everybody in your bullpen has been used at that point in time. And, uh, and that means whatever happens the next day has to take that into account. Uh, And those are bad. Right. A, a real bullpen game is bad and you cannot have too many of them. But this is not really a bullpen game. It's just you kind of changed where your starter has come in. Um, exactly. Yeah. But but as you pointed out, like Ross Stripling was pitching well. Right. Why not let him continue? 
particularly because he's a guy that can be who's stretched out. I mean, he is a starting pitcher. Uh, we, you know, even his rehab starts, he threw, he was throwing 60, 70 pitches. So we know he can, he can go another inning or two. And, right. uh, and so it just, you know, it's typical Kapler, you know, and, and that to not, you know, they're going to stick to their plan. They're not going to make any deviations based on kind of what, uh, you know, what the, the current situation well, I, looks I, like. Yeah. I mean, I think as well as he pitched, he probably could have gone another inning, um, at the very least. Um, I, you know, they were not going to let him go a second time through the lineup though. Right. You know, it doesn't matter how well he was pitching, which I think is a little bit disappointing. And that is one of the things that I don't like about these things is that they they just kind of ignore what's happening on the field. Right. They've already decided before the game ever started what they're going to do. And they don't let the situation change their minds, which I think does lead to losses. Um, It also would suck if Alex Wood is like, no, like, I don't like this and I hate doing it. Like, nobody likes a guy who's not a team player. Right. And and I hope that's not true. I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong about Alex Wood. I hope he's like, hey, I'll take the ball whenever you need me to go out there because I want to help the team win. That's what I hope he is. And uh, and I hope that he's not somebody who's moaning and groaning about this. Um, But, you know, you can never trust a former Dodger. So. (laughs) Um, All right, Matthew. Well, we're we're deep into the starting pitching uh, segment here. Um, But. You know, one of the things that which we thought at the beginning of the season was a strength, right? We had seven starting pitchers on the roster. We had all of these guys in AAA, Kyle Harrison, Keaton Wynn, Sean Jelly. You know, uh, you had all of these potential starting pitchers lined up. It looked like the Giants were super, super deep. But now here we are very near the all-star break, and it has become abundantly clear that the Giants... That's their weakest point. Right? That's where we need help, and that's where people are talking about trade assistance. But meanwhile, down there in AAA, the San Francisco Giants' number one pitching prospect, Kyle Harrison. I mean, Kyle Harrison has had his season stolen from him by Keaton Wynn. What's going on here? Uh, Keaton Wynn has thrown strikes, Ben. <laughs> that is true. Keaton Wynn has been, he's been amazing, right? Yeah, and really, I mean, I'm, I'm being a little facetious, but I'm actually, that's actually the truth. I mean, I think the biggest difference between Kyle Harrison and Keaton Wynn is that Keaton Wynn has consistently thrown strikes and Kyle Harrison struggles at times to, to find the strike zone. Uh, I think most people would say that Kyle Harrison has better stuff. He has a better, bigger, he has more of a repertoire. Uh, I think Keaton Wynn has two, like two legit pitches that he uses, whereas Kyle Harrison has, you know, a lot more. And, and so upside Kyle Harrison, definitely if he throws strikes and that has been what the Giants have been asking him to do for the entire season. And he's getting better, but he's still, you know, going through stretches where he's not and he got shelled in his last start. And so, you know, it's, it hasn't been as smooth a ride. And meanwhile, Keaton Wynn, you know, has come up when he was on the 40 man. So they needed him, you know, when there was injuries and he's proven quite well. Uh, and, you know, has basically earned a starting role uh, this last week. You know, he didn't get the win, but pitched very well, except for, uh, you know, uh, he grooved a ball to, uh, to, I don't know who was it that hit the home run against him, but. Grr, uh, Vladimir Guerrero. Right. Yeah. Vladimir Guerrero. And, uh, and so, 
you know, I, I think that uh, Keaton Wynn could be a guy, and, and this is this is a kind of a stretch, but also maybe not so much. He's he's kind of a Kevin Gossman type guy. He could be. I think that Keaton Wynn could be part of this starting pitching solution here. If you have you have Webb, Cobb, and then uh, and then Keaton Wynn. Now you're only kind of trying to fill two spots, and still that's that's that is what forty percent of your rotation. But you know now you've got at least those three kind of locked in if if Keaton Wynn can can continue to do well. Uh, but then you've got Ross Stripling, you've got Alex Wood, you've got Manaya, you've got you've got Desclafani, you've got all these guys that uh, you know one two of them hopefully will step up, or or we trade for a starter uh, within the next uh, 30 days. And uh, which, you know, I, I go back and forth. I think everybody assumes that the Giants are going to target a starter because that's what they need. Uh, but it's also going to be tricky for them to clear spots for this guy, right? I mean, especially because their younger guys, the ones with options, are the ones that are performing well. Uh, and then what are you going to do with, you know, Manaya or Desclafani or Wood? And, and people are saying, we'll trade them, but uh, their trade value isn't exactly really high right now. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay, let me get this clear. So they're saying trade starting pitchers. They're saying trade a... bad starting pitchers for better starting pitchers is what, I, you know, a lot of people are kind of assuming. Okay, so, so trade bad starting pitchers for prospects or some other position. Because nobody's going to want to trade a bad, a good starting pitcher for a bad starting pitcher. Yeah, right? I think they're. Yeah, I mean, I I assume so. They're going to have to make multiple deals. They so are. you you trade you trade your your lesser starting pitchers to teams who can't get anything better, and then you get a haul of prospects from that, and then you take that that haul, coupled with your existing minor league uh, prospects. And you trade for a better starting pitcher. So basically, you take one Alex Wood and one Ross Stripling, and you turn that into a better starting pitcher. Right. Theoretically. Yeah. Theoretically. I think I've seen some things, publications, where people are saying that maybe it's Alex Cobb that gets traded only because he has a higher trade value and you might be able to, you know, get something better, you know, for that. That makes but then that creates, very little sense to yeah, me. Yeah, that creates another hole for you. So I don't know if they're necessarily, you know, looking at that. Um, but I do think, you know, I don't know. I feel like, you know, Farhan Zaidi at the beginning of the season came out and said that this year, we would see Kyle Harrison this year. and 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 he actually said... It probably relatively soon. And? Well, we're halfway, almost halfway through the season, and we haven't seen Kyle Harrison yet. So either either they've changed their opinion on him, uh, or Farhan Saidi says a lot of things. Matthew, have you seen this tattoo on my neck? <laughs> no. What does it say? It says "Fire Farhan." Now, I do put a little bit of I put a little concealer over it, you know, because I'm, I'm I have mixed feelings about that now that we've called up all the rooks, you know, now that because because that's mainly what I want Farhan to do is rebuild from within. Um, but, you know, Farhan says things. He says lots of things and and they don't come true. So, like, you know, You're right. that's my, I don't know why I keep my... listening to the man. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I think we should all just whenever something comes out of his mouth, just go. Yeah, sure. Farhan. We'll, we'll, right. We'll see. Right. But I, I will say this. I think you call up Kyle Harrison, and that's your big starting pitcher acquisition. 
Like, I agree with that decision. I agree with that move. I think it's the smartest thing to do uh, because it it will excite the fan base. And I think then you also get to see how good Kyle Harrison is or isn't, right? And uh, And it's the easiest thing to do. Like, right? Like, he's right there. You don't have to go get another guy and you don't have to trade this guy for, you know, three other guys and this other guy for four guys and then take those guys and take some of them and put them into a package and trade for some other guy who's just going to be marginally better than the two guys that you got rid of. And so are you really better off? Like, well, let's just I, call I, up Kyle Harrison. Can well, we just so, call up Kyle Harrison? But it's not that simple because Kyle Harrison's not on the 40-man roster. Uh, whatever. Uh, just, you know, <laughs> like... So so then then you are having to make a move from your 40-man. You, and most likely one of these starting pseudo-starting guys is going to get dealt if you're bringing Kyle Harrison up. And maybe that's yeah, what they're that's whole, waiting for. Maybe that's what that's they're fine. waiting for. Maybe that's the... Yeah, yeah I mean, I think, yeah, I would agree. I would agree that you're probably going to see Manea, Stripling, Wood, Desclafani. Junis. Junis. Well, yeah, Junis. You're going to see one of those guys move, right, to make room for, for Kyle Harrison on the roster, and then and then that would be the acquisition. But, you know, that seems to me, and, and maybe they're just waiting for as long as possible to pull that, to make that happen, because they're, they're like, the longer that we wait, the, the, the better chances that we have of getting a better deal for whoever we, we deal. But it's not going to be. I mean, it's not going to be anything great. No, it's not. You're it's not going to get a huge a return. You're just. You know, yeah. You're not really looking for a return on whoever you leave. You're, Kyle Harrison's going to be your return on that. Right. Right. Well, Matthew, whatever they do, and whomever they get, we all know who that starting pitcher is going to be pitching to. Some guy named <laughs> Patrick Bailey. Some guy named Patrick Bailey who is. Folks, there's no question about it. You know, G- Gabe Kapler wanted to pump the brakes on this. He's like, whoa, 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 stop with the comparisons. You know what? I'm drunk. This is a fan show. You heard it here first, folks. Patrick Bailey is the next Buster Posey. Yeah, you you, you texted me the other day and you said, is it possible to have two consecutive Hall of Fame catchers? And, and it wouldn't exactly be consecutive because there were a couple. Well, yeah, of, okay, yeah, but but but, know, but yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Is it possible, Matthew? It's impossible, right? Well, so my answer to you, and obviously not the same sport, but the 49ers had back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks, uh, and so it can happen. Like, why not? Sure. Yeah, that's right. And I've already anointed Casey Schmidt as a Hall of Famer. And I know that you have fallen off the bandwagon. You you are like Casey Schmidt. I, I like, like Casey trash. Schmidt. I, I, I think He's we tra- need to no, see a little bit s- more before we anoint him as a Hall of Famer. You said he was trash. When did I say that? You never said that. <laughs> you never said that. Thank you. But that's what I heard. You'll be hearing because... from my lawyer disparaging my good name. <laughs> that's right. That's what I heard. Um... <laughs> And uh, and yeah, but but yeah, that's right. So there's two Hall of Famers on this team right now. They're Casey Schmidt and Patrick Bailey, right? Right. And and right? I, it's funny how like people are dancing around this whole comparison thing, and you know, and, and I hear people saying, "Oh, just let Patrick Bailey be Patrick Bailey," oh, and whatever, you know, and all that. And it's like, well, of course, right? I mean, he's not going to literally be Buster Posey, but you know, you cannot deny that the Giants have this. This right. very iconic catcher and their not so distant past that led them to multiple World Series, and you know, and you know, if it should be by you know in the next few years a Hall of Famer, and so why you know, and now we've got this young guy who is playing out of his mind, 
And yeah, you know, I mean, for for all he's not Buster Posey, but man, he plays at the level that Buster Posey was playing at for most of his career. And I mean, he's he's hitting like Buster, and I he is he's throwing guys out. He's he's a fantastic catcher. Like like people who listen to the show probably know that that I'm I'm a little bit of a Joey Bart fan, right? Especially as a defensive catcher, Patrick Bailey's better. Oh yeah, Patrick Bailey's better. I think as a framer, he's better. Although Joey was very good at that, he's he's definitely better as a thrower. Right, his pop time is elite. His pop yeah. time is like one of the best in, it's, in it's all second of the majors behind JT Real Muto. Right, and um, and so and and he's thrown out like what like forty percent of the the runners run against him, which is you know, incredibly high, almost twice as much as most at the next as what the average is. Right. I just want to pull up one stat just to talk about, like, you know, people are talking about how, how, like, you know, whether or not we should be comparing him to Buster Posey. First of all, the reason that we're, people compare him to Buster Posey is because he is the comp, right? Like, Patrick Bailey just had an 11-game hitting streak, right? The only, the last rookie for the Giants to have a 10-game or more hitting streak was Buster Posey. He did it twice in 2010. Uh, you know, I mean, the reason that we're making the comparisons is because he is the comp. That's how good Patrick Bailey is playing right now as a rookie. And and he's doing it over a long period of time, right? It's not like this was two weeks a la Casey Schmidt, right? Now this is playing on for over a month uh, and longer than that. And uh, and and that's why these comparisons are coming up because that's who he is. Com- that's who he is playing comparable to. I'm not saying like I don't legitimately believe that Patrick Bailey is going to be a Hall of Famer. But if this kid continues to play at this level, or even eighty percent of this level, he is a Hall of Famer, right? I mean, and uh, you know, I, I just want to pull out one stat. That I, I I just pulled up here and I'm gonna sort it and I gotta Patrick Bailey has been in the major leagues well, I think since May 19th. He doesn't even qualify for the stats, right? He doesn't have enough plate appearances yet to qualify as a leader. His wins above replacement for catchers is sixth best in all of Major League Baseball. That means he has contributed more to his team than every other catcher that has played this year, except five guys. Sean Murphy, who's an all-star. Johan Heim, who I know, right? What? Who? Will Smith. You all know that guy. We all hate him. William Contreras and Adley Ruchman. Those are the only catchers that have been better this year than Patrick Bailey. And he's only been on the team since May nineteenth. Like war, war is a cumulative stat. So you your war is a cumulative that. stat. Yes. So, so those other catchers had all season and uh, to to accumulate that. And, and I would so right. I don't know the numbers, but I would guess that Bailey is probably number one since the day that he arrived. Yeah, he's done that in thirty four games. Richmond's played seventy eight. Contreras has played sixty one. Smith has played sixty one. Heim has played seventy three, and Sean Murphy has played sixty two. I mean. Only Gary Sanchez is comparable in number of games played, and he's 0.7 to Bailey's 1.8 in wins above replacement. 
the reason that we are comparing this guy to Pat to, to Buster Posey is because he is playing at Buster Posey levels or better. Right. And and it's better to compare him to Buster Posey than like, oh man, Patrick Bailey is the next Chadwick Trump. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, right. We want the comparison to Buster Posey. Hey, hey, everybody remember the 2020 season of Bart and Trump. Okay. <laughs> Bart and Trump forever. Oh, we try to forget that season. <laughs> that season, we also had a walk off home run against us at Oracle Park. So, yeah. <laughs> we try to forget shh, that season. Shh, shh. It's okay, Matthew. It's okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I think we would be remiss to not talk about Patrick Bailey. I mean, right now, he is the San Francisco Giants offense, and it all revolves around him. Um, is that fair? I don't, I don't care. I you know, I don't know if it's fair or not, but I think he, you know, I mean, he's a ball player, right? I mean, yeah. he's part of the team. It doesn't you matter. Know, I mean. Yeah, you know what? Com- comparing him to Buster Posey. No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, comparing him to Buster Posey. Like, remember when Buster, he was very excitable. You know, he was like, wow, yeah, you know, he's always jumping up and popping around and hugging people. And Bailey just looks so chill. Like, he knows it. And it's no big deal. I'm good at baseball, folks. That's all. And that's the difference between, yeah, that's the difference between Posey and Bailey. Bailey's just chill. He's a chill Buster Posey. Yeah, right. I have a little hard time with the Patty Bales thing, but um, it'll grow on me. It'll grow on me. <laughs> Patty Bales. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah, I guess you can't yeah. have a name like Buster. You know, there's only one of those. There's only one. There's only one Buster. That is true. Always first and foremost in our hearts. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, but hey, yeah. I mean, maybe Patrick Bailey is the next Steve Young. You're right. That's right. That's to right. Buster Posey's Joe Montana. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So uh, I think we need one more thing before we wrap this up that I wanted to. to yeah, to speed round. Up. Speed round. Speed okay. Round. All right. Well, speed speed topic. Speed. Uh, so the impact of injuries, I think, has become more and more um, prevalent. I guess uh, we're starting to see the impact yeah. more uh, this week than any other before. Uh, Conforto is not on the IL, but hasn't been able to play. Uh, you've got Yaz, who a- injured his hamstring last week. Yep. Uh, those two guys being out of the lineup has severely hampered uh, the lineup. And I think you know when they were running strong, when everybody was healthy for that brief moment in time, you were seeing the line changes, and you were seeing you know people yep. in their roles, and the offense was humming. And, uh, you know, as soon as Conforto and Yaz go down, it really changed things. And now you've got someone like, you know, Bryce Johnson and you've got guys that just aren't, you know, as strong. And, and case in point, today at the end of the game, our outfield consisted of Blake Sable in left, Lamont Way Jr. in center and Jock Peterson in right. Uh, not exactly how they draw drew it up. That's you know, a that's a 2022 outfield right there, baby. That's a 2022 <laughs> Giants outfield. I don't know what you're talking about, Matthew. Like Farhan Zaidi was proud to put an outfield like that on the field last year. Yeah, well, I think now it's more out of desperation than, than pride. <laughs> I think, you know, there's... Yes. Uh, Are you saying, and, and, you know, saying there's a problem? Uh, Tyro Estrada got hit in the hand, and I was like, oh my God, we're going to have a pitcher playing in the outfield here coming up because they had nobody else that they could come out today. So yeah. injuries have just continued. Well, 
I don't know if continue. They've, they've done a pretty good job of managing the, the injuries that they've seen, but there's only so much you can do. And, and so I think when we talk about them scoring 15 runs over the week, there's a, the, the biggest reason is because they're missing their key guys. And well, yeah. I mean, so they faced a, a huge run of right-handed pitchers this, this week, which usually is a good sign for the Giants. But when you're missing both Yaz and Conforto, um, to 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 put against all those right-handed pitchers, or at least force these guys to throw some lefties out there. Um, yeah, I mean it, it's a huge it's a huge hole. But you know what, Matthew? I'm going to pretend to be you right for a second. I'm going to be an optimist. No, oh. because right. like I I know that the rookies like Matos and Schmidt, you know Bailey notwithstanding, and Sable, who I think is has sort of just stabilized himself as a as an everyday player for the giants. Um, you know, the rookies that, you know, they're, they, they, they're, they're looking a little bit overmatched at times, right? They're, 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 their offensive numbers are starting to tail off, but I think Schmidt is starting to turn things around. Uh, and I think Matos is just a matter of time, right? He's got to keep being patient at the plate and, and his pitches will come. Um, when I look at this team, I feel like this is the only thing that the giants have to worry about is injury. Right. And I didn't feel that way about this team at the end of the offseason. And I didn't feel that way about this team on opening day. And I didn't feel that way about this team a month in. Right. I felt like this team had serious holes uh, that it was um, that it was not a competitive baseball team. But I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like I, I want to stick with the rookies. I feel like they're going to turn around. They're, they're, they're learning on the job, but I think they, they are an exciting element to the team, and I think they are going to adjust. And I think the veterans there, when you're right, when they're all healthy, you know, it, it gives the, the, the Giants a certain flexibility that is very 2021-like. And I think this team becomes very formidable and very, um, very exciting and, and has a ton of potential. But man, we got to watch out for those hamstrings, right? Yeah. And we those obliques, w- man. Can, I think, I think we need, we need to fund like a study on obliques. That's right. And, uh, the giants need to be like the, the foremost experts on obliques because man, it seems like everybody's got an oblique injury lately. <laughs> Every single one. I mean, right, right now my oblique's a little sore. Your oblique and your hammy? Hey, I'm a mess, man. man I'm, you're, I'm you're... like I'm channeling like like Conforto and Yaz, and like I was just like sympathy. I don't know, man. You have sympathy pains. You have sympathy I, I oblique and, and hamstring injuries. Uh, you clearly need to do more crunches and more uh, butt squeezes. I'm on you. I'm on it, man. I'm on it. I've been, right. been working it uh, in rehab <laughs> as we speak. All right. All right, but you know, I also got to push back a little bit because you know, you being the optimist, frankly, is kind of weird, and. And, All right. you know, and they're leaking like a sieve, Ben. Okay. I mean, just, you know, parts are falling off and mm-hmm. things are happening. Yeah. And it's not like you saying, oh, let's, let's stick with the young guys. They have to stick with the young guys. They don't have anyone else. Okay. Like, you know, look at the 40 man, dude. There's no one coming up to replace Matos. There's no understand. one coming up to replace Schmidt. VR is now, you know, is, is is relegated to triple a, you know, it's just, this is who we have. So we're ride or die with these guys. And so, yeah, they better turn it around. They better get that experience and, and, and continue to contribute. Otherwise we're doomed. Ben. We're doomed. 
So wait, so what? You want me to be pessimistic with you? Um, or, or were you supposed to be optimistic? I don't know. You you were to push back on my. Oh, you're just being me. I get it. I, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. One of us has to be the pessimist, Ben. We right, can't both be optimistic. Right, right. That would be all right, would... all right. Doom and gloom. I, I, you know, look, look. It's fine. We've got two future Hall of Famers on the roster. Yeah, who I would love to ride. I'm, I'm going to ride or die with my Hall of Famers, Bailey and Schmidt. Of course. And let's, hey, Matos, is, they've got three Hall of Famers on this team. Matos, Bailey, and Schmidt. You heard it here That's first. Right. That's and, right. And it's all going to be, be like good. Mays, McCovey, and Baby Bull, right? La Cepeda, you know? That's we'll right. These guys. Just... That's right. And it's all going to be good. They're going to figure out, they're going to figure out uh, the solution to, to hamstring strains and oblique strains. And uh, we're winning the World Series. That's it. All right. You heard it here yeah. for, first, folks. Yep. All right. Well. I, I, we'll see. You know, July is going to be an exciting month. July, you know, we got the All Star Game uh, mm-hmm. with Camilo and me, Camilo. and then we've got uh, then we got trade deadline coming up. So there's going to be lots of uh, interesting things to to look at over the next month. So I'm I'm excited about that. Yeah, Camilo's not going to plan the All Star Game because the National League always gets their butts whooped, and they're going to hold him in reserve so that he close out the game, and they're not going to be able to win. So he's never going to pitch. That's true. That's true. He'll be the only guy. That's play. right. He'd be the one guy that won't play because they're holding him in case they can save the game. But of course, the National League never wins and never leads. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for our trivia question mm-hmm. uh, answer. Uh, the question, if you recall, was what is the longest or the all time road win streak in Giants history? And you said. 82 games? 81 games in oh, 2021. Games. All right. Because they only play 81 road games. Th- that's right. So they won all 81 in 2021. It certainly felt that way. But in fact, the longest road win streak in Giants history is 17 games set in the 1916 season. What? Uh, and so we've, you know, so when you get to double digit wins, that's, that's saying something on the road. So... Uh, that that one started on May 9th, 1916, and uh, ended on May 30th uh, with a one with a loss to the Phillies. So, so that is the answer. 17 games, uh, and uh, is the Giants' all-time record for road wins, consecutive road wins. I nearly had it. That was really close. Both you in, were so close. So both close. The number of wins and the year, and the <laughs> city that the team was based in. All right. Well, Almost looking ahead, Ben, uh, I am uh, to our our happy hour episode on Thursday. Make sure you stop by. I am drinking an original called the Summer Days. And Ben, what are you drinking? I'm drinking actually two different cocktails. One is called the Wild Pink Gin and Tonic, and the other one is called the Domesticated Pink Gin and Tonic. Interestingly uh, enough, both of our cocktails have gin in it, and both of them are pink. That's right. Uh, we did not plan that at all, but sometimes when you're brothers, things just kind of happen like that. That's right. And then looking ahead to our opponents, we got the home series against the Mariners, uh, who last year made the playoffs. So did they win the American League West? I don't remember. They made the playoffs. And uh, this year, though, are two games under 500 as we speak. Uh, they've got a two-game win streak, though, so maybe they've turned it around. Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, so we've got some old friends as part of that Mariner team. If you recall, well, they were trading buddies with us for a good year or two. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of people that we, uh, we know. Yeah. Guess who was a Mariner and then a Giant and is now a Mariner again? Mike Ford. I- I've got, that's right, Mike Ford. I've got good news for all you Mike Ford fans out there. He's going to be at the Sanford. He's, he's still on the roster, assuming he will be tomorrow or today as you listen to this podcast. Yeah. Mike that's Ford. That's a really good sign if Mike Ford is on their roster. That is a good sign. Uh, their <laughs> offense sucks. Their pitching is very good. Their offense is really bad. And the way the Giants offense is playing, I project the, if you're betting the over and under, 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 under the next three days. Yeah, don't bet though. That's a that's. that's yeah. Is that bad? Don't bet. Yeah, don't betting's bet. bad. Okay. Just, just just spend your money on cocktails. What? Yeah, <laughs> don't bet on baseball. Is that bad? Is that bad? Can I say that's not bad? Um, and then and then the Rockies come to town. We I always like, love to see the Rockies. I like to bet and drink. Okay, anyway, well, you know. Sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, Rockies, and they're the Rockies. Uh, so we should sweep them. Well, that that would be the plan. So, how about another like two, two series sweeps, six in a row? Actually, be seven, I, seven in a row. I'm gonna, plan? I'm gonna. If I was a betting man, which apparently, according to you, I I shouldn't be. But if I was a betting man, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go five and one. Uh, but yeah, I'd love a six. I'd love a six and zero. I th- I think this is a five and one week. All right. Well, uh, I I could certainly handle that. All right, and on Thursday is the Giants off day, so make sure you download the happy hour episode and uh, hear about uh, drinking on Thursday when the Giants aren't playing. That's right, with our pink gin cocktails. All right, Ben. Well, uh, folks, I think we're going to wrap this up. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Giant Cocktails, Twitter and Instagram. And yes, even Mastodon. Uh, Also, if you could rate us or review us on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. It would really help the show. And uh, also, don't forget to get drunk this week and watch the Giants win. I don't know. Uh, see, this is what happens when I don't have G- chat GPT. What, right what my, uh, is my going head. on? So, I, I went rogue, man. I went rogue. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, yo, know, our listeners, of course, are getting drunk. I don't yeah, even know why. Yeah, but definitely don't bet. I don't know. What is the matter with you? <laughs> like, wrap up the show. Oh, all right. All right. Ben, it's been good chatting with you. Uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up.